that's great that you're able to join us. Um, uh, my name is Namdi. I'm host of uh, Halftime Chat out here in the UK. And, um, you know, over the past 18 months, we've been celebrating our, our, our groups from 80s, 90s, even 2000s. Um, and, you know, just getting getting the audience a little bit closer to our, our favorite artists and, and just get a sense of how they made their journeys through uh, through the entertainment industry and, and stuff. But um, we have an international audience and, and I always like to know, be able to let them know where, where you were sort of born and raised. Cleveland, Ohio, in okay. good old USA. Okay. Cleveland, Ohio. So it's... Um, it, that's those... those so is it the same state where the Bengals, the Cincinnati? Uh, same state, yes. Same sir. state, okay, okay, yes, in, in Ohio, okay. And um, so growing up um, back in Cleveland, what was your musical inspirations? Well, you know, Ohio is like the, the state of funk. So we had a lot of funk that came out of Ohio. And uh, so that was a lot of my inspirations. And, you know, I had other inspirations. I listened to a, a wide variety of music <clears throat> because um, once I started learning about music, it was like I could, I could hear songs and kind of pick out the instruments and, and pull out the parts and stuff. So that uh, I didn't know that I could do that at first and, you know, early on, but uh, it was, a, it was a thing that I figured that, wow, that's, you know, that's something, at least I thought it was something at the time, you know. Yeah, I mean, but were you, you know, growing up as a kid, were you getting the opportunities to sing? Um, yeah, well, you know, most uh, people will say that they grew up singing in church. Um, my thing was more so the songs I heard, you know, songs I heard on the radio. Um, it was, a, you know, big influence, uh, like radio back in the day was uh, more variety, you know what I mean? So you'll hear like James Brown and you'll hear like some, you know, uh, Eagles or you'll hear some Steely Dan and you'll hear some, uh, you know, some confunction or some, you know, uh, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, uh, and I, I think that's how the UK is, um, <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken, uh, from the time, you know, the music is is looked at different, you know what I mean? Uh, I would have to say that, you know, our English brothers and sisters appreciate the R&B a whole lot more, it seems like, um, that's what it seems like. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, th I think one of the things that you get over here and and so, wrong, maybe you tell me. Yeah, I mean, so I, so part of my experience is I was born in Liverpool, where the Beatles are. Um, but when I was around 10, 11, my family moved to Nigeria, so I went to high school there. So when I appreciate music, it would be from both the UK, both in Nigeria, and then I moved to the states in '92. Uh, but one of the things you notice in in the in the UK back in those 70s and 80s is that they um, they had maybe one or two stations, but they played everything and they appreciated exactly. talent as opposed to, okay, this is R&B, so black people's music. It wasn't, 
it wasn't yeah. like that. I think in the wasn't 90s, like no, yeah. but in the 80s and 70s, it was pretty much music. And so music was celebrated. And, um, yeah. you know, I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of the ar 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 artists who were, um, yeah, so from Elfwin and Fire, Confunction, um, 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 the Commodores, all these all Motown art, uh, acts were played across the BBC, which is which was pretty much a pop station, but played played yeah. music. It, it was that like how it was growing up in Cleveland, where yeah. there wasn't as much segregated yeah. music on the on the radio. Ex ex exactly, um, you know, which which you know gave me a different appreciation for just music overall. It didn't, you know, it wasn't like uh, it was just like the sounds I heard. Okay, I like that. You know, I can listen to a lot of different stuff and, you know, I can vibe with it, you know. So it didn't matter if, you know, it didn't have to be just R&B, but R&B is my first, you know what I'm saying, my first love yeah. is the R&B. But I appreciate all styles of music. And that's how it was. I, I remember when we were there in, um, in London and... Uh, and that's the one thing, uh, the takeaway I got from that is that the radio was, you know, more diverse yeah. as far as how what they played. I think it's because they have they have a stricter rule on what's played. It's got to go through whatever channels it go through before it's like approved. I, when we were when we were there with Casanova, I want to say that James Brown was on the charts with an old song. Okay. I, I know that he um, he was doing well with um, living in America, and that was a national international. Because as I said, most of my experience would be both when I was in Nigeria and both in the UK. So those half of songs were doing well um, across both continents, uh, both countries yeah. that, that, I, that I can know. But um, but even before you joined Levert, though, what did you um, to, as a kid? You know, listening to the music, were you, were in school. Were you singing or playing instruments, or what? what how did you playing instruments? Music? I was primarily uh, playing instruments. Um, it started in elementary school, and it was really just a intrigue. You know what I mean? Intrigue, along with just wanting to get out of class. And, <laughs> uh, you know, so it was elementary school. You you know, in elementary school over here, you stay in the same class all day. You have recess and go back yeah. to the same class. So it was just an opportunity for me to um you know see another class you okay. know and uh so when i got in there i liked it you know i did like it even though it wasn't my first choice of instrument but it was uh what instrument head, was that violin oh, oh okay. Violin. okay yeah so which you know which is you know it's kind of tough yeah uh, technically yeah <laughs> technically but once you know your fingering, you know, you know what I mean? It's, uh, uh, it's just one of them things. And I think that helped develop, you know, help develop my ear training. Okay. Because of that fact, you know what I mean? So, yeah. And um, then when, when you got older then go high school, what was the idea? I mean, were you then singing or still just focused, being more the music? No, I was singing, and but I was still like, you know, in high school, uh, me and Gerald would do talent shows. So we we uh, did my high school talent show, and 
So I primarily played. So we had a band and okay. we had other people in the band that was singing that was out front. Gerald was out front. And I kind of, you know, had the guys playing. And uh, so it was kind of that thing. When we would do stuff, and uh, as far as talent shows or little events and stuff, and it, I would primarily play and he would sing. This is before we formed, officially formed LaVert. Yeah. How did you guys meet? My moms. My moms knew his moms. And he took me over. She took me over there. And that was, it was, uh, you know, the rest is history. We met and we had the same interests. And they had a you know big piano in the in the foyer, and uh, I started playing, and you know, and we just had a you know we had a good time. How would how old were you by by this time? Uh, what? I would say I was around fourteen. Oh, like that. Wow, and so you you're playing um, on the piano. I mean, by this time you were, I mean you. Were multi-instrumentally trained piano well I wasn't trained at piano I just picked that up because you know I felt like it was more versatile for you know as far as an accompaniment you 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 know with other instruments sometimes I felt like you needed another instrument with the violin you know what I mean you could play yeah. it by itself but you know in order I, I I just felt like you just needed more like a violin and a singer, you know, I don't know how that, you can do it, <laughs> yeah. you can do it, but I'm just saying, you know, it's yeah. just like, you still need some more backup, you need something else, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So the piano, to me, was something that you could play all songs, and people mm. get it, like, oh, I know, it. even if it's not a piano song, you could yeah. play it on the piano, and people would be, oh yeah, I got I know what song that is. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So that's what I think intrigued me about the piano because you could just play it and people can just sing along. Whereas yeah. if I played a horn or whatever, they can sing along, but it's not the same. You know, yeah, you yeah. get more of the basics with the piano. You get the, you know, the bottom notes with the bass and you got the top that'll play and chords and melody or, you know, uh, so I just, I just thought it was uh, it was more versatile for what I, you know, you know, because I wanted I wanted to be able to, you know, play those songs that I was hearing, and I could really effectively try to do that on the piano. Wow! On the violin, it was yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know they, they might get it, they might not. They might, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're a country star, it's. Uh... It, it, it does, it, you know, they, they probably will catch most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even, I mean, even after you met Gerald, did you have a sense from yourself that, okay, this is a career, or, or was it more like a, a nice little pastime, um, let's just sing on the weekends and then, you know, focus on school and... No, I never, I never thought of it as a career. I never thought of it that far in advance. I never had a clue of how it was going to uh, turn out. I never thought that far. Now, I think Gerald did because of his background, because of his father, because of what he's seen, he's seen himself. Oh, you know yes, what I'm saying? The, the OJs, yeah, yeah, okay. So for me, 
I ne- I didn't see all of that. Okay. I didn't see all that coming up. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't really go to a concert till I was a teenager, uh, older, you know, a little older teenager. Okay. You know, so um, I didn't have that kind of experience that he had yeah. as far as, you know, with his with his father or being backstage or meeting other famous people or any of that, you know what I mean? So yeah, I didn't yeah. have, a, you know, my thing was more like, you know, I, it was a. It became my love. I loved to 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 do it. Didn't know where it was going to go. I didn't even think about it that far. Gerald had more of a, a idea of where it could go because um, he's he he was living it as a as a kid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And so him seeing his dad, you know, I believe that really propelled him to want to do that he see the girls going crazy <laughs> and, you know all of that so yeah yeah but then did you actually um, I just you know it's, as, as we're talking I completely forgot that his dad was uh, you know part of the OJs did did right. you uh, sorry about that no no it's fine did you know whose dad was that he was, he was a famous recording no i initially initially i can say that i i didn't put them together you know what i mean initially i didn't because i didn't see him uh initially when i first went over and it didn't click to me because i didn't relate the songs that i heard some of the songs but i didn't relate them to be that's who it is you know what i mean remember i ain't i've never seen anybody that was famous or had been on a stage or had an album or nothing you know what I mean so it wasn't that kind of thing for me and um but once you know I connected the two and it might not have happened for a while because of um um we you know we would be doing what we doing you know, when I was over there, we'd be trying to make up songs or, you know, or um, watching uh, movies or whatever it is. Yeah. So, uh, but it was, it was one time I really, um, you know, I, I really connected it and, and it was like, wow, okay. These, you know, it's like, I'm listening to all these hit songs and, and, uh, you know, so it was, but it was so um, just organic. It was just so kind of natural that it was no thing because it didn't, he didn't like come off like any kind of way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it was just like, oh, we just chilling at the house. You know, it wasn't no, you know, it wasn't no, it, it wasn't a, a, a star, you know, uh, just in motion at the time. We just at home chilling. Yeah. Now, I guess, did, was it a case for you then? When did you then ever, when did you start to feel the sense of, you know what, um, instead of getting a nine to five, maybe I could invest my time and, and energy into getting a career in the music industry? Was there a particular moment that, that you, you it, it happened for you? Um, well, it was it was it was in it was in process ever since 
we got together. It was in process. I didn't really know it, but it was in process because we went through all the stages. It wasn't a thing like, you know, we got put up in a situation. We worked, we actually worked for this to happen. So, you know, Eddie didn't take us in the studio for a long time. It wasn't until he heard some songs that he felt like, you know, like, man, that, that could be a song, like could be a real, wow. you know, and it took, it took a few times before of hearing some of these demos before he did that. So okay. we go back to the drawing board. And but it but in between time we were doing shows around in the little chitlin circuit. We was you know, hitting all the little clubs and bars and was barely I was barely old enough to be in it. <laughs> and I was older than them, but they were, you know, we would have to do two or three sets in some of these places. And um during the intermission, when we take a break, we had to go to a dressing room or go to the basement okay. because we were underage. <laughs> what was that experience so, like, though? I mean, it just performing to an audience, an older audience. What, it, what was it like? Yeah, yeah, just, just that, that experience. Um, it was cool because, you know, our people can... can you know, our people know how to party and, you, <laughs> if you, you know, you hit the right buttons and they, they going to jam with you. And, uh, the, you know, it's no other feeling than, than that. And that's, you know, that's the beauty of music is because it can speak to a lot of different people from a lot of different places. Mm. But at this stage, how, uh, when you were performing though, who... Was were people like New Edition out, or who 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 was out around your age that people could identify when you guys around were our age? I don't I don't recall who was all because I'm thinking like around early eighties. Okay. Yeah, New Edition came out like 85, 86. Yeah, they came out kind of like in the same time frame that we did. We had an independent record. Um, so, yeah, it was around the same time. because Our first independent record was like 84, 85. Okay. Because I was just wondering about being, you know, you know, late teenagers performing to adults and, and how, what they, because if there was no one, I mean, the Jacksons would have been, you know, 10 years back. So we, we, there wasn't, I don't know if there was anyone else that was doing it, that type of music for people to. to. Yeah, I can't, I can't think of. Definitely was no groups. Mm. There were no groups that I can remember um, that, that was doing it uh, like that. Yeah. Now, you might've had some groups like Full Force, that might have been around um, early '80s. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that, they they might have been around, and then at that time too, early on, another group that we toured with uh, for the early part of our career was uh, uh, Force and D's. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we had some early uh, 
you know, early Levert, Force and D's dates. Wow. So, um, I, and I guess, because <clears throat> what was it like when Eddie first took you guys into a studio for you? Being so, you know, you're keen on the instruments and and the, and and music, as as from the production side. Now you're in an actual studio. What was that experience like? I mean, it was it was short. It was real <laughs> short because, you know, Eddie Eddie, you know, we went over there the first time because the studio was at Walt's house, and they he lived around the corner, Walt from the OJ's. Yeah, and he lived around the corner. Um, so we walked over there when he, he said, y'all come over here at such, such time and blah, blah. So, okay, cool. We was looking forward to the time. We counting the time down and we walk around here. We're going to head on over there. Yeah. We're going to head over there. We head over there, we get to Walt's house. We go in the basement, you know, where the studio was. And he got some of his players down there, some of the, you know, band members. And they just down there kicking it, doing what they do. And uh, all right, what's the song? Show me, play the song. So I played the song on the on the piano, and Gerald sang the song, and uh, they you know kind of got it got it down, got took notes of it, and this and that and the other. And next thing you know, Eddie told us to beat it, and that was it. So. We was there for a, a, a short session. We didn't really do anything other than show them the song. And then he told us to get out. Wow. So we left. And uh, the next uh, day or so, Dad came up with the finished product of what we were showing them. And Gerald called me playing it on the phone. And I was like, he's like, man, we about to do this, that, and the other. He was just amped up. And because uh, it did sound good. Like it was like, remember, we we knew nothing about producing at this time. We weren't really producers, but we was writing songs. And, uh, you know, at, at in the beginning, we only had like a Fender Rhodes and we didn't have any equipment. So Eddie did buy us some equipment, like a reel-to-reel, eight-track, mm. um, some other, you know, little, you know, like a little keyboard and some other stuff. And, but we didn't know how to, we didn't really know how to use it or put it all together. You know, I ain't nothing about the eight-track or none of that. <laughs> so it was all like a learning experience. <clears throat> Had to learn how to do it because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't coming out. It was better than once we got it all connected, it yeah. was better than us trying to record songs. We were in, the first songs we was trying to do, we was using tape recorders <laughs> and we was going, you know, one tape recorder to the next and back <laughs> okay. and forth. Yeah, I remember those. So, yeah. you know, by the time, you know, by the time we got finished with that, it was like mush. <laughs> so they're playing the, the, the finished version of, of your song well then do they get well, uh, at this time was it just you and, 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 and Gerald or had Sean joined in uh, well Sean was was in uh, because he was a part of the band okay. and, 
yeah, he was he was also a part of the band. Um, it, it was a thing. Sean wasn't he wasn't that wasn't his main interest though. Sean wanted to be you know he remember he was the youngest so he mm. he wanted to play he wanted to <laughs> kick it he wanted to play football you know he wanted to do, and we we didn't do none of that we was you know we. We we would go out there and do it, but Gerald was always insisting on, you know, uh, doing something music related, wow. and of course I did because that's that's what you know we hit it off with was the music. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, no, Sean was a part of it because Gerald was more so insisting, <laughs> and you know, so he he would do it, and uh, but once we start getting our little thing down and, and our sound together, our niche with doing these shows and these little bars. We would go out there and, and start killing them. And at that time, Sean would play drums sometime. Okay. And uh, he, you know, he had learned some of some of the set on drums. And and I would play keys sometimes. So okay. we had, you know, we would change up. Okay. So Gerald would sing. He was singing most of the time, like as far as on in the, at the mic. And then we would have other people, eventually other band members that would come on and they would sing and come out front. Like the drummer would come out and do some Prince stuff. <laughs> okay. you know, or, um, you know, so that's how it kind of went down. We would, you know, we would just exchange and do different, uh, you know, through different phases in the in the show. So around those early eighties, though, that 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 seemed a common theme where you had the um, um, ready for the world and the time and and you know um, cameo just the uh, even full force the sort of a six piece seven piece band of musicians and singers was that where you were looking at that, that we're going to be a band as opposed to an R B group. You know, I I didn't I didn't you know I didn't even again I didn't think that far as what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. That's just what we were doing. But once we started in the studio, it was us us three. Okay. And um and but actually on that first on the independent record, on a couple of the independent records that we did, uh, some of the band members did play on some of the songs. Yeah. Did did you did, what about the name? How did how did you guys settle on what you be called? It it's um you know it was just a it, it, it was like it just came out as that as Levert and there was no it wasn't no issue with me. Of course it wasn't no issue with them because that's their name. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, but I, 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 I wondered how you know who who just say what what let's call those Levert. I mean, how did was it was? Uh, I would say it was more so Gerald's idea. You know okay. what I mean? It was it. You know, Eddie didn't have he didn't. You know, Eddie always say that he was going to use the name for something oh. that he wanted to do, um, but we took on the name and. That's just it. Just end up being what it was. Okay, I mean, as I said, it 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 it's just it's it's a standout name. You know, it's not like the Jacksons. Or, well, not Jackson, yeah, it was, no, it was, it was, 
it's yeah, it's real different, you know, yeah. as far as what you're used to, you know. So, you know, it it, it was all good. You know, I, I didn't know what to expect. So it wasn't like I was thinking like, man, I, you know, why it's got to be your name? You know, it wasn't that kind of thing because I wasn't even, you know, I wasn't even on it like that. I was totally green to all of this. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah. So was Eddie managing you guys or did he, he was just an advisor? He was more so an advisor, but he took it, uh, you know, when he went to try to get a deal and met with some of his friends, nobody gave us a deal. Wow. So that's when he hooked up with Harry Coombs and, and they, they dropped it independently. Harry mm -hmm. would become at this point would be would become our manager. Okay. Now, one of the things that the a common theme that we get from um, our guests, uh, which we as fans had no idea about, was the business side of the music industry, um, which, you know, a lot, uh, I remember interviewing Dalvin from Jodeci a couple of weeks ago, and he said that, you know, his parents, <laughs> that they, were, they were in the studio, they made albums, but when it came to the business side, no one knew anything. And, and, you know, it was only when they realized that we've, we've sold all these records, we're doing all these tours, but our bank accounts don't seem to add, add up. Coming from the fact where um, you've, you've got um, Eddie, who's in the industry, part of the OJs and success, mm -hmm. were you guys a little bit more clued up about, okay, this is how the industry works. You know, you need to, you're publishing, make sure you, don't, you keep this and stuff like that. No, not really. You would think so, but, um, you know, we learned some things, like Harry would say some things. Um, Eddie was the, you know, was, Eddie was the showman. So, you know, that's his, that's his whole, that's his really main niches is the showman, you know, uh, and you know he he do that su superbly, you know. Um, he might have talked to Gerald about certain things, but I think it was a lot of things we learned on the way. Wow. The um, but the but the yeah. good thing I can say about that too um, is the fact that the opportunity to actually put together your own music and, and actually, you know, um, do something and people get it. You know, that's the whole reward of everything, the, the good and the bad. But out of that is the, you know, the fact that that's something that I have, you know, along with the memories, you know, I could say that I, I, I have what I put, to, you know, the things that I helped put together is still a part of the, the history. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's, that, that never, you know, that never goes away. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, especially music, especially when you create some, memorable sounds that do transcend and as I said when I'm talking about the songs 
I would be focused on as somebody who was either in the UK or in Nigeria before I moved in in the nineties. When you when you first came out um, on the independent, um, what was your? Did you have any expectations yourself as to you know, how far you guys could go, or or was it just were you content being big in 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 Cleveland and you know? No, it was you know things start happening so fast. You know what I mean, like things start just really happening fast. Um, just to give you an idea how fast it was going, like we had the independent record out. We did Soul Train. We did a gig in D.C. You know, after we did Soul Train and wow. start getting some, some, you know, some publicity behind us or the word was out. So we did a gig in D.C., and I would say, and, and, one of, and one of the execs from Atlantic was there. And after we smashed him that night, they, he came back and like, man, I, I'm going to sign y'all. And that was it. The next year, because I, I would say that was like 84, 80, like 85. Mm. But we was dropping an album on Atlantic that next year. Wow. So from there, we dropped the album every year till the nine to 1990, I would say. It was wow. 86, 87, 88 was just cooling, 89. We had, uh, 89 was, uh, we had Addicted to You, which was on, um, Coming to America soundtrack, mm. and we had, and we just did um, uh, New Jack City. Oh yeah, yeah. So that was things was happening fast. It was all back to back to back to back, just doing, just you know, what I mean, and uh, so it was, it was, you know, it was a, it was a great, it was a great journey. One of the songs that I so when I was in Nigeria and in, in, in um, finishing up high school, uh, um, in the middle of high school, and, and Casanova comes out. So, as I said, this is not just big in the US and in the UK, but this is big in Nigeria, and this is pre-internet and stuff. So, it, it, you know, it's always amazing to me when songs cross over internationally like that. During the how um, who came up with the concept? Um, of Casanova? That was written, uh, produced by the Callaway brothers. Okay. Um, Reggie and Vincent Callaway. Fellow Ohioans. Okay. Uh, their background, if you don't know, is they were with uh, part of Midnight Star. Oh my goodness, yeah, I love Midnight Star. Wow. Yeah, wow. so... They wrote the song. Uh, Sylvia at the time was, you know, felt like we needed to get like, because we, you know, the first song we put out on the Atlantic went number one in Pop Pop Goes My Mind. Mm. So the next, you know, that's kind of like a ballad song. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. We, young, you know, so <laughs> wanted to give us something, you know, with some energy, with some, you know what I mean? 
And uh, she, you know, got at the Callaways and they uh, came back and came with this song. And, and we just like, we knew it was going to do something. You when you first I mean? heard it, you, you knew it was like something special. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we felt like it was like, yo, it's, this is, you know, where, where we need to be. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it is, as I said, it's, it's, um, and it was a change up from, you know, as far as what our, you know, early stuff was like the first independent record was a slow song, mm. you know, uh, the other song that we put out after Pop Pop, Let's Go Out Tonight was a slow song, you know what I mean? So it was the slow songs that was, that was making the moves, but we were so, we were still young but we was put into a balladeer old kind of category. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because people was... were debating on whether or not, when they first heard I'm Still, that was our first independent single, mm. people were debating whether or not it was the OJ. <laughs> so a lot of people felt like, thought that was the OJs. And, uh, you know, so... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as I said, Gerald always looked as if he was a man when he when he first started. Just never stopped with 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 the voice. He always faced him with Johnny Gill when he joined the audition. He felt like a man among the boys and stuff. Um, so I can see how his voice would be tailored towards the, the ballads and stuff. Um, yeah. But but in but, of, but you yeah. know after that, you know after that we had a series of up temples that, you know, after Casanova, um, we had a series of temples. After that was Fight Forever, My Forever Love, but that next album um, was, was uh, just cooling. Yes, I mean, that was a massive one. It crossed over to Nigeria with Heavy D. I was a massive Heavy D fan. So, um, it, and, and it just, yeah, I mean, and I think at this time there's the whole new Jack swing so having those yeah. type of towns up temple tracks were really crossing over you had to keep sweats and johnny camp and and guy and all that stuff so i can see why you know and and i think when you think about you said sylvia is it sylvia Rohn with yes. atlantic and then okay so you can think that she's looking at the marketplace and thinking we need to get you in a lane that you are accessible to what's going on instead of just staying with the ballads which yeah which is probably what those Atlantic Star, Midnight Star were doing, the type of songs, but they they tied, they kind of slowed down towards the late 80s and, and went, um, the late radio weren't playing them as much. So I could see why she wanted to make sure you guys, as young as you were, were, were catching a ride and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We was put into an older category off the rip. So um, that, and I felt like, yeah, we got we to gotta do something. And, you know, it's not that we just, again, we didn't have, have our, our own niche down yet. Not until, not really, I mean, we were being successful with what we were doing, mm. uh, you know, like, so they put us with producers, um, you know, in the, in the beginning. And but on on uh, just cooling is when we were able to kind of produce the 
the whole project. And uh, so just cooling was the, you know, that was like, and I remember the, you know, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the critics were real critical about just cooling. Like they <laughs> hated it. They hated it. <laughs> they did and i still have i still have some of the news clippings <laughs> like you know it's like wow it, it, even though it was like a you know like a associated press reuters type thing where they you know all have the same they all take the information from one article and they do it across <laughs> the board yeah I mean, but the general consensus was they hated it and uh, so when it went number one, it was definitely uh, satisfying. <laughs> yeah. Who did a production on it? I did. Okay. Yeah. So I, okay. Yeah, that was the, the first album that we got the full range. Me and Gerald got the, you know, the, the full range to produce our whole record. So how did it work then? Um, how did it, how does it work between the two of you actually doing the production who comes up with the ideas who's writing who's making fun of the melodies and stuff how did it work it, 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 i mean it was you know we had a we had a we had a actually we had a great chemistry considering the you know what we were able to do um in that time but i would come up primarily with the music but sometimes sitting with the music, I come up with the concept. So there's some songs I would come up with concept along with the, you know, the track idea. And then some things he would come up with the idea and put some things together. So it's just a matter of how, you know, uh, we would just come together on it. But more than likely when we were not together, like a lot of that stuff, like I want to say we were still you know, living at the big house right before Just Cooling, you know what I mean? And because uh, I remember doing Just Cooling at the big house. That was their house. Okay. Heights. Um, so, yeah, it, it, when we were together at the house all the time, it would just be a thing where he would hear what's going on and we'd be vibing, mm. you know, that kind of thing. When we were not living in the same it would be a thing where I give him a cassette at the time and he would run with it and, and come up with, you know, different concepts. Then we would get together and go to the studio mm -hmm. and, you know, I would get the, have, had a little team and they would drop the tracks and do all the technical stuff. And then we would get together and go in and he dropped the idea and then we go from there. Were you enjoying being in the studio, or did you do? Did you prefer being on the stage? No, I I would prefer to be behind the scenes for sure. <laughs> Girl would prefer to be on the stage. <laughs> yeah. Was there any thoughts about either singing lead or taking up in, in any of the songs at those uh, those early days? Yeah, we all sang on, you know, uh, other cuts on on the record, on the albums. So um, that's that's kind of like, uh, you know, um, you know, some it is is funny because people I've seen people comment on 
YouTube on some videos and they would still think that it was all Gerald, <laughs> you know, mm. so, but no, we all, we all sang on, on, it just depends on the vibe of the song, you know, like some songs like, um, you know, Baby I'm Ready, you know, Baby I'm Ready was once we went in and he dropped the idea for Baby I'm Ready, I was like, yo, that's it right there. There's nothing else that we need to do to that. You know what I mean? Mm. And it just depends on what it what it is once you get to a certain point in the, the song make, making process, you know? Um, and that was just one of them times like, yo, but there'd be other times that we have to put the, you know, the concept together. Even if he wrote it, we put together, you know, like background parts or, mm. you know, that kind of thing. So it would be a, it would be a work in process. So it was, it was, um, it would be, you know, it, I guess like, again, it's no other feeling than to have a concept and take that in and turn it into something that people can relate to and will go out and purchase and they actually sing the song and or you know I've heard plenty of stories of people getting married or or having babies and <laughs> I, I didn't have people come up to me and say it okay. so it's like you know that's the that's that's just you know gratifying to be able to say that you were a part of people's lives like that yeah, I mean, and that's that's the thing about music is it's a sort of universal language that crosses continents, crosses languages, and 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 especially if it's when it's done right. Did um, what was it like then being on stage for you, especially as you guys you know with Casanova and, and just cooling, being as big as they are? Now you're performing to people who actually do know you in, in bigger venues. What was that experience like for you? What was the experience of what now? Of being in a, you know, being, you know, now that you've got number one records and now oh, you're getting was, bigger crowds, how is it like being on stage for you? I mean, it was, it was always, um, you know, it'd be, it, it, it would be a touch of nerves, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, you know, you, you want to, you want to do everything, but we had practiced so much that it was just, but, you know, and sometimes you, you want to step out and do some different things and mm. you know what I mean? So you just want it to be right. So you would be in some nerves. And, uh, you know, so a lot of times we, you know, we would uh, eventually, once we were at a stage to have some things in the writer, we would have some, uh, you know, adult beverages in the, in the writer. <laughs> and and uh, we would partake before we step, take a little shot before we step <laughs> out and just main thing, go out there and, and you know, and do what you do. Yeah. Did, did um, at, at this stage, uh, when, when you guys were, were, were blown up like this, now the, there was a lot more groups as opposed to bands in that time, which, um, who were you looking at and said, and I won't say it's a healthy competition healthy competition I mean uh you know early on we didn't we didn't really cross paths with a, a lot of 
different groups. Um, I think at some point it was ready for the world was out. Of course, you know, doing dishes. So they were probably the, you know, the, 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 the big competition, you know, at that time. And then when you came out with Casanova and just cooling out that, um, you know, guy went with way there around Tony, Tony, Tony. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They came at that time. Yeah. Now you had other, you know, situations, guy and Tony Tony, which, you know, both had smashes, you know what I mean? So yeah. It was uh yeah, I would say what that the nineties. Going into the nineties, yeah. Yeah, yeah, eighty nine. Yeah. Like eighty nine, eighty, yeah. eighty nine, yeah. So yeah, no, that I didn't, it didn't, it, 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 it did kind of cross my mind about it, but at the same time, I just feel like if you, you know, you're doing what you love to do and, and mm. you, you put your energy and your time into that, mm. and I believe that, you know, you're, you're going to get, reap the benefits from that. Yeah. But as a producer, what were your thoughts of, say, of Teddy Riley and L.A. and Babyface and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis because they were producers as well and, and at the time when you, you, you were learning your craft and, and stuff. What were your thoughts on, on them? I mean, they, they all had smashes, super smashes. You know, um, I, for me, I just wanted to be able to be, be able to, you know, be in the market and say that, yeah, I can compete. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a thing of, you know, really beating somebody or or anything like that. I just think that, you know, I think that we 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 at that time I felt like we can be competitive in the market. You know what I mean? We have a we have a you know combination punch too. Yeah. Um and you know, we were just different. We had our own kind of, you know, thing. And it was nobody out there really like us. Yeah. Other than the OJs. But they were, <laughs> you know, they were a, uh, you know, they were the founders of that. Yeah. And we took it and, you know, updated it and, and, uh, and gave it our own twist. Did you get the opportunity outside of Levert in those early days to do production for anyone else? In the, in the early days? Yeah, I, you know, maybe Men in Large, I don't know. With, with, with oh, Rude yeah, that, they were all, they were Men in Large, Rude Boys, and um, one of the girls were all part of the Treble Camp. Uh, we started a Treble, uh, we started a production company called Treble. Okay. Uh, back in 1987 and we bought a building and we had uh, bought that property and, and housed everything there, offices. We had a rehearsal spot. Wow. Studio there. Um, so, you know, it was, everything was real active at that time. Um, that was just the stuff in-house, but we had produced other pe people you know, early on, like Mickey Howard, Troop, you know, um, we gave Troop their first number one single um, with uh, Mamacita. 
Oh, that was you. That, that was you. Yeah. Whoa, that's another big track that was in Nigeria, uh, Mamacita. I mean, it was wow. Yeah, and I interviewed John John, and um, yeah, I didn't realize it, it was it, it was you. Wow. Yeah, they you were know, on they were on Atlantic also. So okay, they, you know that was the connection, and okay. uh, you know, like hey, do something for them, okay. But that was a massive international hit. Did you not think, man, what, we could have done this? Oh yeah, no, it, I mean, but it was it was just look, we like I said, remember what I said that at, when we first started from with Atlantic from 86 on, we had back to back to back back records. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was no, it wasn't like, you know, these were songs that was coming along along the way. Like okay. we were even on the road and I had us I had the, the crew set up you know, my uh, my equipment in my room on the road. So I would have a setup wherever. So I was doing stuff like, for instance, um, Addicted to You, we recorded that in, in Florida at a studio when we was on the road. Wow. You know what I mean? So it was like, it wasn't a, and that was our song, but it was like during the downtime, you know, like for instance, some of them songs I came up with at the big house. So I remember getting the call about and, and talking about doing a song for Anita Baker. And Anita Baker. And uh, yeah, so I I just found the, the demo that was sent and uh, and we put it together and she picked the one song and they, you know, they produced it or, you know, they, they done it, you know, her team done it. Um, but it was just one of the opportunities that came along at that time. You know what I mean? Things was happening. You oh, know, what, song it, was, what song was that for, Anita? Whatever It Takes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, it, you know, it, it was a thing where we was just doing what we love to do. And it yeah. was, it was, you know, it was working out, you know, and I feel that's why I always say to other people that, um, you know, just work on what you do, work on your craft, you know, get your niche down, get whatever it is together to where, you know, you're doing it the best and you're, you're putting it out there for the people to hear the idea to hear, and if they can, if they vibe with it, they go, they gonna jump with you. Yeah, were, were you seeing the the this the financial and and commercial success as a producer songwriter outweighing what it was being a recording artist? You said, did I see that? Did you notice the difference between when you are getting points on the record as a producer and songwriter compared to what you? being a recording artist and then well initially I initially I didn't know again this is a, you know this was all a learning uh <laughs> learning situation but what I'm thankful of is that I did get my credits you mm. know I, I got my credits and I got my you know my uh my uh publishing mm. so um 
you know, there's a lot of different stories about that. Um, but yeah, there's a difference. In, and, that, and, and that's another thing I'm really thankful about is that, you know, um, that we were put into that mix as being writers. And even though they didn't, you know, they put us with other producers, like we, I was just, I just posted about me like vibing with him to me back in the day when I didn't didn't know, you know, I you know, I'm all I'm just open to all the music, but when I came across them, like in the in the you know early, they had some man, they had some funky mm. some funky stuff that made me want to work with him to me. So when I got the you know opportunity and they asked me who you want to work with. I said, I want to do, I want to work with him too, man. So we end up doing a song. We end up doing two songs with him too, man. And, wow. uh, you know, it's, it was all just like, just unbelievable stuff that was, was happening and, you know, taking it all in like, wow, I'm, I'm really here, you know, <laughs> uh, but it, but it was, you know, I wouldn't trade it for nothing. Yeah, because towards the, the, the mid '90s or so, when the group breaks sort of parts ways, and and Jared Jared goes solo and and forms, and then LSG, did you then say, okay, this is what I really want to do now, just be in a studio and creating music, or did you contemplate going solo yourself? No, I never contemplated really going solo. I felt like. Um, And I, I, my, my thing was to do it with the guys I did it with, you know, mm. and, um, you know, I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like I needed to do it, you know, at, like that. And it wasn't my, you know, um, I, again, I'd rather be behind the scenes mm. and, uh, you know, so. It it, it 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 did come up one time about doing it, and uh, I I was asked about it, and I was like, mm, no, nah, I don't really want <laughs> you know what I mean. It was that kind of thing, and uh, you know, but you know, after a while, you'd be like, hey, maybe I should have did it, you know. Like, <laughs> uh, now I'm planning on some things that I'm that I have going that I'm going to do. Um, because I have some things going on, um, you know, I have to tell my story and along with that, I'm, you know, the plan is to come out and, and introduce, you know, music that was never released or, wow. uh, and new music that I would put together. Um, yeah, so that's, that's part of the plan. So in what format should we expect? And is it just 2020 that you 2022 that you're looking to come up with? Is it a compilation album or is it a Mark Gordon solo album? Yeah, it's it'll be it'll be something, um, it'll be kind of like a mixture of things because you know, um you know, I have some I have a couple of songs that that we didn't release. 
um, that I'm going to release. So, you know, I'm going to kind of build it. And then you, you'll hear, you'll hear some stuff that I have uh, that's new. Um, but yeah, I, I have a plan for all of that. You know, uh, the plan, like the, the company I'm putting it on is 9311 okay. Entertainment Group. Okay. And uh, and so it's a it's an entertainment group. It's a network. Um, I'm about to launch some uh, radio, internet radio stations, and uh, you know, really try to create a a lane for future independence. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it just you know it, it became more of a passion based on how the industry um, is kind of lopsided and it's not even kind of it's lopsided and uh, so the best thing that I can give to another up-and-coming musician is you know like hey man you know let's 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 try to get as far as you can without leaning on, you know, the machine, because they're going to they gonna take you for everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's about ownership. Mm. It's about having, you know, and that's one thing we don't have as, you know, as, as Black people. Uh, we don't have the, we don't have the machine, the apparatus, Mm. all of the reach that they have, the industry have, but we could have it if we were able to come together and be able to, com to communicate across lines, across the waters. If we would treat this as a one big community, we all live. Mm. because we can it's, it's enough of us to depend on us to do it yeah I mean I, I, I read an article that the spending power among African Americans last year was over 1.3 trillion it, was, it oh, went yeah. up but then the um, the assets um, owned by African Americans is, is, is went down meaning that there's, the African Americans in the U.S spending over three trillion dollars but their uh, their equity that they own is probably it you know was probably lower than it was the lowest ever meaning yeah, it's been well, spent on on on, on, the, on the other things but not buying houses and properties and an, an investment in long-term things but it's a massive spending power which yeah. could be could really make and break the economy if it was channeled in, 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 a, in an appropriate way yeah and we, we we give it away you know what i mean or, or allowed to be stolen because you, you know, you, you, you went for the dangling carrot yeah. or you, you know, you, 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 you wanted to, you wanted to be what was in that video. Yeah. You didn't understand the, the language in the contract. So see in about 10 years, see how you feel about that. 
Mm. You know what I mean? A lot of that, if it don't change, if it don't change your mind in five, 10 years, then, you know, some people just, you know, that's what they don't, they content with doing it like that. Yeah. I just feel like the world is big enough to have, if the, if the, if the industry is big enough to have several labels, four or five, that's the main labels. Yeah. Big enough to have streaming companies that's really taking the revenue from the labels, but they really not because they're giving it back to the labels. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They're paying the labels. So if it's big enough to house now streaming companies weren't around, but out all, all, all of a sudden you got multiple streaming companies that's saying they billion dollar companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like my point is is that the world is big enough and there's room enough for us to have our own infrastructure, mm -hmm. to have our own, you know I mean, situations to where we could really control our narratives as opposed to, you know, it's like, it's like, um, it's like the, it's, it's, it's like, you know, a take it or leave it type of thing even though now there's more access because of technology and the things that you can do. And so there's a lot of people, more people that's like angled to go in a, on an inter, independent vibe. Mm. And that's a good thing, especially if you grind and work hard and you know what you're going to do, you betting on you, mm. you know what I mean? And, uh, if you believe, then that's what you're going to do. You're going to bet on you. You know, you know better, you do better, you know? Yeah. Some yeah. people content with taking down the money, but they don't understand, okay, well, you got to pay that money back. Once you once you do this, that, and the other, you got to pay that money back. You know? Yeah. Oh, that's only temporary, homie, you know? Yeah. So the thing is, is that, yo, know, I don't want to spend that much money. If I, if I you know, advising somebody out, Oh, you don't want to spend that much money like that. Don't waste the money away that you're going to pay back. And not just pay back, but you're going to, you know, you got to understand, you're going to be in that situation past your contract. So if you had a seven album deal like we did, <laughs> yeah, seven albums. And uh, we fulfilled our, our contract. And, uh, but they never, you're never out of it if you're still, uh, if they still hold your copyrights. Wow. So yet they're still collecting money that they didn't recoup already. Uh, and I was under impression Warner Brothers because I saw intro um recently just say that they intro um, they no longer owe 
Warner Brothers. They that that you know they've that's it. They've they've either they've written off the debt, but they don't. Then they're no longer owing. Um, do they? Does Warner Brothers come out contact you to say, okay, here's you know we, we we're, we're writing off the any leftover money from the vert, and now you can start earning. No, I I didn't I didn't I heard about that. I didn't get a call from them saying that they were releasing debt uh, because probably because I don't think we're in debt. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, I yeah. I don't think we're in debt, but you know, think about it. You're talking about songs twenty plus years old that I'm still collecting royalties from. So if I'm still collecting royalties, guess what? They're still collecting. <laughs> still co yeah. They're collecting more than me. Mm. So how much debt we got going on? Like, mm. and you gotta understand too that majority of them albums surpassed uh gold. Um they were recouped, you know what I mean? So only call I want to hear them make is that I'm getting my masters back. <laughs> well, Anita Baker got hers, so it's in your, and you're on the same label, the same Warner Brothers. So, uh, yeah. is, have they? Is, is that a plan to to try and get those back, or do you? No question. <laughs> There's no question. Like you know. And uh, whoever's in that position, you know, that should be their goal is to ownership, mm. you know. And to me, if you can do it without that, yeah, then that's what I would say. Hey, man, grind it out mm. and do what you can do. Because in the end, you got to go through whatever it is they're going to put you through. Yeah. As the last surviving member of Levert, would you ever see yourself using the name and going on 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 the road uh, and or releasing stuff under Levert, or would or would as that phase that passed and it's just Mark Gordon? Well, um, actually, I did that. Um, me and Sean did it. Okay. So before Sean died. We had put together a record um, called Dedication. And it was actually a dedication to Gerald. Uh, during the course of that record, toward the end of the recording, Sean died. Mm. So that, um, so I actually, you know, we I, I pulled in another guy and it was Sean and we, put together this record and um, so it was a it was a thing whether I was gonna put it out or not and I ended up you know doing it on a you know independently but you know you gotta watch who you're dealing with with that too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So um yeah so we, we made a you know made a made a made a go out of that way and I, I learned some stuff and now I have a you know another you know, uh, some more learning that I had done with doing it independently. So this time I'm doing it differently.
Yeah. Would you would you still perform with the Levert name? No, I'm not doing okay. that. No. Okay. I've done that, though, for a few years. We had done that in a few years. And then after Sean died, I did it a little bit longer and tried to, you know, pull it together. And, um, you know, it was just a lot. Um, it's a lot on me to do. Yeah. And so what I'm going to do is, um, you know, I'm going to do what I do. And, you know, wh whatever it is I do, if I happen to do anything live or anything, of course, you're going to get some revert because. Yeah, of course. You, you created the stuff. Part yeah. Of the, yeah, that's part of the catalog. Yeah. I guess the, the audience will always want to know, how was it for you? losing a good friend like Gerald um, at, 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 you know, just surprisingly like that, because were you, because he had gone, he was, went solo, he went with did the LSG. Was there ever, before he passed away, a chance of Levert re, uh, re, reuniting? Yeah, I uh, spoke about it in Unsung, and um, we had got together, uh, what was it, 90, wait, 2004 and uh I was living in LA at the time and ended up running into Gerald and and uh outside the restaurant outside my studio and we got together and he said man let's do something so that was the time that we were talking about doing a reunion um but for whatever reason it never we recorded some songs those are some of the songs that I'm gonna oh, really okay but um, you know, I don't I don't know what was going on at the time, you know, or what was in Gerald's mind or what was, you know, I got a call from Eddie and we ended up meet, meeting at Roscoe's. <laughs> that Roscoe's come up to Roscoe's. So I go to Roscoe's. I lived down the street at the time. And uh, he's like, Gerald don't want to do it. You know, and uh, I was like, do what? What do you mean? You don't want to do the reunion. Well, why Why he ain't saying that if that's the case? You know, so there's a lot that I, you know, it, it was definitely devastating, but it was a time that, you know, things had happened to where I was confused. And I said at that point that when we got together again, when I saw him again, then we gonna have some real conversation you know, I'm gonna let him know about what I feel was happening. And, uh, but unfortunately that didn't happen. So it was kind of a thing where, you know, things were kind of left unresolved as far as, you know, um, what was happening, you know, and as I, as I, start finding out different things. It was definitely things that was going on that would kind of interfere with, you know, progress or, you know, um, you know, just, yeah, it, it was a lot of things. So it, it, it was, uh, it, it was, it was a devastating, just, you know, um, loss for, for multiple reasons, because, you know, and, and that's why I try to encourage, you know, 
um, my people or whoever. It's like, yo, don't don't waste your time away with whatever it is that differences or things that you need to put out in the atmosphere. If it's, if you need to put that in the atmosphere, then um, do that because you may not get that opportunity to do that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because it does sound, you know, the fact that his dad was the one coming to talk to you, I guess that's that must have been, it. it's one thing for him to say he doesn't want to do the reunion, but you, did you expect the call to be directly to you on the meetup instead of having Eddie having to do Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, and that was one of the things that I, I kind of had a little thing to say about. But what happened, what ended up happening after that, I ended up calling Sean. And I was like, Sean, I just talked to Vert, and he said that Gerald didn't want to do it. He's like, what? And then he called Gerald, and then we all on three-way. Uh-huh. So we all on three-way, and, and he's like, nah, man, I ain't say that. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But I partly believe that he did say it. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't going to own it and say that he said it, you know what I mean? Because of, you know, yo, you wanted to do this. You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. it was your idea. You you wanted to do it, so what's the problem? You know, so um, yeah. So I think it was it was some part truth to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, my thing is is that you know whatever it was, it wasn't going to take away from anything that he did or was doing or whatever the case is, you know, it would have been. And we actually did put one of the records on his, he had a duet record uh, called Voices. Mm. One of the records that we did at that time was called I Like It and it's on that record. He, they put together a, a CD, an album of Gerald's songs that he did with other people. So, the song he might have did with Mary or with this one or that one. Mm. That was on that record. Okay. The only new record was the one that we did together. Okay. And that was one of the songs that we had did at that time. Were you able to celebrate the success of LSG? Or what was your thoughts when, when he, he connected with Johnny Gill and Keith Sweat? I was I, I was out of the out of the mix at that point. I wasn't a part of the mix. So um, you know, I'm sure they celebrated, you know, because you know, they were, you know, doing what they were doing. Wow. Uh, yeah, but I wasn't in that mix at the time. What are, what are some of the um so the audience might say, look, we've, I think we've seen your name in credits with other productions in the, say, the 90s and, and 2000s. I mean, what are some of the places we would have, some of the big tracks that you would have done that people wouldn't have re- recognized it, it was you? Um, let's say I said, I, I told you Troop. We did several Troop records. Um but that one, Mama Sita, and then uh, the was it the next record we we did? That's my attitude. Oh wow! Yeah, the the original version. I know okay. Teddy did, did the remix. Yeah, yeah. 
and um, and who else? Uh, I did music soul. I did some on music soul child. Wow! I didn't do it. I actually, I was a part of the collaboration. I just was, you know, I was part of the writing. Okay. But um, but yeah, I did that, and then I did um, I did something with uh, immature. Okay. Then when they went to IMAX, and then when they went to Marcus Houston, mm. so I did something with them. Uh, I know it's other people. Uh, Eugene Wilde from back in the day. Um, man. <laughs> of course, Gerald. And uh, I was looking to see if I'd see anything. <laughs> yeah, no, I, don't. Uh, I know. So, yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, it was, it was uh, several people. I know I'm forgetting a few people yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, was my man on that's on Warner Brothers too. He passed not too long ago. Uh, with Quincy Jones. Oh man. Oh, oh, James Ingram. James Ingram, yeah, James yeah. Ingram. Okay. Um, Stephanie Mills. Mm. Um, yeah, so. I mean, it's 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 probably it's probably like three or four more. Yeah, but you're saying for us, I mean, I mean, people might ask why wait this long to release this stuff now, as opposed to maybe last year or two years ago, three years ago. What makes 2022 the perfect time to release this new your new venture and project? Well, you know, timing is everything. Mm. You know what I mean? So. Um, it's really not about, to me, it's not about just doing it because people do it. it. You know, it's really oversaturation of music um, to me, um, meaning that some everybody is releasing music. Every, every other day, somebody releasing some music on Facebook or on social media, yeah. you know what I mean? TikTok. Whatever it is, people are releasing music. You know, for me, it has to. I have to try to do something that's a little different. Coming from, you know, where I come from, I just mm -hmm. feel, like, you know, you have to give the people, you know, something that's uh, on that same plane. Meaning that you may not have the, you know, the big machine now. Now you got to. You got to make it have the big machine feel as far yeah. as, you know, all the reach and you got to really grind to do it independently. So that's kind of where it's at. And I, I don't want to, you know, uh, just throw something out just because of time. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Let's set it up. Let's do it the right way. Let's, um, you know. And I, I wasn't ready. So do we do we expect an official announcement from is it nine uh, nine three? That uh, what's the name of the entertainment your company? Yeah. Nine three double one. Yeah. And is it are you part owner? Is this your company or are you your vet? Yeah. Oh, this is yours. Okay. 
Yeah. And, you know, I have some people that's down that's working with me. Um, and, you know, I, the main thing that I'm really trying to do, you know, with the network and the entertainment group is to, you know, really put together something that, that we can be independent and not depend on, you know, that machine to do things mm. and start putting the interest back into us. You know, it's time for us as, you know, as uh, creators to take back our creations yeah. and to own our creations and benefit from our creations. You know what I mean? Yeah. To, the, to the fullest extent. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, so that's the main thing is I, I, I just feel like it can be done and uh, it, it'll be a, you know, it'll be a, it, it's still a challenge because you got to get it, you know, people in on the same page. But, you know, it's something I believe is going to be worth it because, you know, I got a, my son, he's, he's into the music, you know, um, my daughter, one of my daughters. Uh, so it's the thing where I could see it lasting, outlasting me mm. and something that could be around for the future mm. um, as far as another avenue that, you know, young up and coming artists don't have to go through hoops to try mm. to get things done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and really not take all their money for doing it. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean so I, I just feel like you know it's time for it's time for us to to have that kind of you know um, infrastructure any particular dates we can expect the launch and, 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 and uh, of things um, I plan to launch the network this month and it's basically the the radio network 9311 network um it, you know i have a few stations that'll be you know um in different cities um and so i'm gonna launch that uh later on i plan on releasing the book and along with the book, that's when it's going to, I'll have like a single, uh, one of the unreleased Levert singles that'll mm -hmm. go along with that. So that's, that's the plan. The dates I don't have, but okay. that, look for that in the future. Okay. And what, what would be the name of the book? Have you got to the title? I don't have, I don't have the title. I'm, I'm in between two or three different titles. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mark, I mean, uh, please let us know when when that's out, so we can let the um, let let the fans know to you know that okay, here's some dates and here's some directions to how you can either listen to the station in the city where they are. Definitely. Or, or, yeah. Yeah. Please let us yeah. know. I'm gonna be you know I'm gonna be working with a few people too that I'll probably send you away to you know you chop it up with them. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I want to, you know, again, I, I appreciate the, you know, connecting and, and 
you know, it's good to get some eyes and ears in some other places that's, uh, you know, doing some things. Um, so definitely want to, you know, have a connection and, and, you know, definitely let you know so that you can let your people know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as I said, they're big R&B fans and, and it'll, be, it'll be interesting just to see hear the only release tracks and just seeing what you're doing and how to support. Um, I do always end my interviews by asking my, um, my guests that if you were stuck in an elevator and had to pick a movie to watch while they try and get you out, what would you request to watch? <laughs> <laughs> That's the craziest question I've ever heard. Wow. Um, what movie would I want to watch? Wow, that's a that's amazing. Yeah, I don't know. What movie if I was stuck in an elevator, what would I want to watch? Mmm, I don't know. It can go in a lot of directions. It can go in a lot of directions. I I, I can't even I can't even lock it down. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that when you got me. <laughs> I mean, sometimes um, people just have that go-to movie that, you know, that, that, that favorite movie that it always just... <laughs> no, you said that, like, a hundred movies crossed my mind. Like, <laughs> oh, which movie is it? <laughs> you know what? <sighs> nah, I ain't gonna say that either. There's <laughs> so many movies that I can, that I could go to. I can't even say, man. I, I can't even say, but... Um, you know what? I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say five heartbeats. Okay, okay, that's that's a classic. Is it as? I, I remember watching and loved it. But when um, have you watched the Temptations movie? Yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, so I was just wondering. Yeah, so those two two real classics. I, I mean, I'm, I was a big Motown fan, so that Temptations is one of my favorite. But yeah, okay, five heartbeats. I like the. Um, I like the. The the original, not the original, but the the series Aretha, the one that was a series. Okay, no, I didn't see that one. Okay. Yeah, it was on. Um, who did that? I think Amazon or, some, or, or Disney. Okay. Yeah, one of them did that, and uh, it was a series. It, it was like six or seven or eight uh, segments shows. Yeah. yeah. Pretty good. Okay. I didn't see the other one, but that the, one was the really Jennifer good. Hudson one. Okay, yeah, a, I don't know why they. I did them. see that one. I did see that one. Okay, it, so that... it wasn't as you know the other one was was you know yeah that one kind of got me a little bit. Okay, I'll, I'll look out for that. And then finally, what's your all time just favorite song? Not Lovett song, but just a song that you just like. This is my favorite song. In. Just so any get, song, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many categories. Yeah, uh, but I can think of um, all-time favorite song. I would, I would probably have to say, in between "Earth, Wind, and Fire" and "Cameo." But uh, if it, I would have to say "Earth, Wind, and Fire," it would have to be. Um, It would probably that's the way of the world or reasons. 
Yeah. It's funny that it, it, most my guest artists struggle to pick the one song like made, you know, The Lady in My Life by Michael Jackson. You know, I just yeah, yeah, number yeah. one. And then I've got, you know, I've got Luther's um, A House in Our Home, which it's you know, in the top five, but Michael's song is my song kind of thing. So I always, but a lot of record artists tend to like, oh, later halfway or Donny halfway, they go to Marvin, but they, they find yeah, it hard so to it, name. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to do with so many songs, man. You know what I mean? It's, it's just too many songs to, to just lock it down to one song. Because again, when you like the song, you could take something from all of them songs you like. You know what I mean? That and and make those. It depends on the mood you're in too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like every all the songs you name, the smashes. Yeah. But what's that one? I can even go back to a George Benson song that was. I, I say that's my all-time favorite jazz song. <laughs> okay, jazz. Jazz album was breezing. <laughs> that joint is classic. So I listen to a lot of different stuff. Now, I, I interviewed Donnie Simpson um, two weeks ago, and he was saying that he sometimes wished he had the the air of, say, um, he was talking to Frankie Beverly and says, you know, I'm listening to it, and I wish I could listen to it like you guys. And Frankie said, you know what? I wish I had your ears because he almost sees he can't enjoy them song without thinking, no, he went too high there, went too technical. And and sometimes it's hard for him to just enjoy a song without overanalyzing as a musician, as a songwriter. Right. Do you have that sort of issue? Are you just able to listen to music and not start thinking about the drum beats and the, the progression? Oh, yeah. no, it's, no, it's hard to do. Um, yeah, I had a hard time doing that on stage sometimes because of, I'm, you know, when you're hearing different things coming in and out, that's like, yo, that ain't supposed to go there, or that's not supposed to do this, or, you know, you came in at the wrong time, or whatever it is, if it's not exactly kind of how it should be, then yeah, I'll notice it. And you kind of enjoy it? Can you, if you're unconscious, just sit back and enjoy, or you're so hearing well, it? If you're if you're on stage, then you have to you know the show goes regardless if you having the issues of hearing different things out of place or it's it's coming in it's just in your ear loud or something yeah. you know uh, things like that happen on the stage you know if with sound and technical stuff so when it happens now you got some artists that'll stop the show and be like yo fix this let's go. <laughs> yeah. but for the most part because if you have a certain time and your show is timed out then you gotta you know you unless you headline and then you gotta and even then you gotta be out of there at a certain time mm. you know what i mean so you can't you delay too long mm. but uh yeah no nah, it's uh the show gotta you still gotta go on and and make it work yeah yeah well, Mark, it's been great. Um, as I said, when 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 you're about to launch your network uh, and and not just the book, but the music, if if we if we, if we let us know so that we can point people into the direction of of, of things, you know, it's, it's really, 
and especially if you are given opportunities for up and coming artists to get their music out because I know people like Arnie Lennox and even um, um, Summer Walker have both had massive hits but have now come out to say they've signed the 360 deals and you know they're not making anything and 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 they realize that they um, they signed away too much too soon at this young age and so it's happening even worse for the modern day artist than it was back in your day now they they take their name and if they even appear in a movie or tv series the label gets a cut of that so it's um so having a vehicle for up and coming artists and, and um, will be something we can all try and celebrate. So once it's ready, just let us know so we can really spread the word as, as we can. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, but I appreciate this, Mark. It's, uh, it's been it's been really great. It's been fascinating, and um, yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing and, and promoting what's going on with you um, once once dates are, are sort of confirmed. No doubt, I I will let you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I what I'll do is I'll send you, I'll send you an email, and uh, and send you some links to yeah. check out. And you was you know was was happening, and then um, you know we'll go from there. No, definitely. Well, I appreciate. It. I know it's about uh, um, eleven thirty here in the UK, so. Of, uh, yeah, yeah, but appreciate it. Thanks very much, Mark. Thanks for watching. Please remember to subscribe to the channel, but most importantly, to press the notification bell so that you can be notified when we do have a new interview. Loads to come, but thanks a lot for watching. Mm -hmm.